Today's scripture reading is from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked, when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, Barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. But Christ is all and in all. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you so also you must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Rachel. I know that was a long one. I appreciate you doing that. You know, we are here and... If you're like me, as you hear that passage being read, um, you're, you're caught by it. There's something amazing that's happening here. There's something tangible that you can feel in the universe is shifting. Something far greater than anything that we could possibly imagine. And, and it starts with that very first Verse, if then you have been raised with Christ. So, so last week we talked about that the resurrection of Jesus is absolute truth. That, it, that, that in a world that is broken and filled with despair, we need a God who can raise Jesus from the dead. We need an actual true resurrection that defeats death that gives us hope and faith. 
that allows us to have our lives changed and transformed. And here Paul in this letter to the church in Colossians says, if then you have been raised with Christ. So very quickly, let me say this because we at Fremantle Church long to be a place where you can belong before you believe. A place that you can be on a journey looking for something, knowing that life is incomplete somehow for you and you're desiring to see what does it mean to have a completed whole life. And we welcome you here in this place because we believe that Christ is the one who makes your life complete. That, that God is in a relentless pursuit in his steadfast love for you to bring you into whole and right and truth relationship with him, with yourself, with all others in the very place that you live. And so if you are one of those that are here today, can I say welcome? <laughs> We're so glad that you're here. But we want you to move from belonging to believing. And one of the reasons why we want that to happen is this verse. That if you have then been raised with Christ, that there is something magnificent happens when we are changed and transformed, when we are joined together with the risen Jesus. And we long for you to participate and be brought into that. Because in these words then that we see following that great introduction, we recognize a stark difference between those who are turned in on themselves and those who are living for the glory of God. You see there in those verses 5 through the rest of that into verse 9 and 10, there's this call to leaving the things that are of this earth. And when he's saying that, he's talking about those things that are of us, of the flesh, those things where it is our hearts turned in on themselves, longing to be our own God. And you might look at those lists, both those of you who are on this journey trying to figure out where you're at and those of you who know that you are in the risen Christ. And you might look at those and go, well, I've not done any of those or much of those or very few of those or only one of those. And that's okay. We're not going to go through that list today, so you won't be that convicted. But when I get back, we are going to go through the book of Colossians. So be prepared. What's important about those stark differences between those who are going towards impurities and passions and evil desires and covetousness and idolatry that are filled with anger and malice and slander versus those who are beloved and holy, filled with compassionate hearts and kindness and humility and meekness. It's the difference between those who live lives solely focused on their own pleasure, on their own desire, on their own heart as opposed to those who are in the risen Christ, whose hearts have been transformed and changed and moved so that they can live for the glory of God. And in doing that, live the life that God created all of us to live, a life filled with those very attributes of God. Notice there that after he says, if you have been raised with Christ, he says this, 
You were dead and now your life is hidden with Christ in God. How amazing is that? That the life we currently live for those of us who are in Christ is not our own life. It is a life that is hidden within Christ so that God sees us and knows us through Christ completely. And in that place, then, we have a power to live differently, to move out of that spot where our hearts desire what our hearts desire, and we elevate that to be the ultimate, most important. But instead, we recognize that Jesus, the risen one, who causes our resurrection to be real, gives us a life that we can live that's better than we could ever even possibly imagine. But if you're like me and you live this life and you wake up in the morning and you go to sleep at night, you know sometimes it just doesn't seem like I am moving forward in the life of Christ as I would want it to be. It reminds me of the U2 song that has a chorus that says this. You've got to get yourself together. You've got stuck in a moment and now you can't get out of it. Don't say that later will be better. Now you're stuck in a moment and you can't get out of it. I believe he actually wrote that to the church, but that's a side note and we can talk about that later. The idea is that we seem to look at our lives and if we honestly evaluate it, it can appear to us that we're not moving that this new life, this resurrected life, this life that is in Christ, it seems to not be flourishing within us. Or maybe that's just me. I think there's a couple of reasons why that happens to us. I think the first one is this. We have expectations that our life will somehow be like Paul. That our life will somehow be like the apostles. That our life somehow, with the power of the Holy Spirit, all these things that so easily entangled us before won't be those same types of temptations. And so we live a life seeking to honor God. We live a life that we want to see this compassion and this meekness and this patience reign supreme and just ooze out us. And then someone does something that makes us angry and we recognize that we're filled with wrath. And we say to ourselves, I can't possibly be moving as fast as I'm supposed to be moving. Our journey with God in being transformed and moved into the image of Christ does not depend on our desire to get it done. It is God working and moving in us, causing us the realization that there are things within my life that must change that I must let go of that are old ways of living and not new paths of righteousness. And as we get closer to understanding God's holiness and righteousness, at that very same time, we will begin to see just how broken 
and evil and depraved we are. You see, because as we begin to recognize just how great and mighty and true and holy God is, we compare ourselves and it starts small for us. We go, oh, I yelled at that person. That was wrong. I shouldn't yell at people. I mean, unless they deserve it, but I really shouldn't <laughs> yell at people. And so we go, I've got to stop yelling at people. And we develop means and methods and, and strategies. I'll count to 10. I'll breathe deeply. I'll walk away so that we won't yell at those people. And in some form or fashion, in some way, we might get better at that. But as we begin to see the holy God, we begin to recognize that yelling at the person is just the surface. Because the reason why I'm yelling at them is because I have wrath. And we go, oh, I shouldn't have wrath. That's one of those old ways of living. I, I need to stop that. I need to figure out what I'm doing to, to make that not happen. So maybe I need to count to 100 backwards. And we develop principles and things that if we really believe, then we won't do this. And then as we continue to grow in grace and the knowledge that we are in the risen Christ, we begin to realize that that wrath actually has something underneath it. And it's the fact that I have depersonalized and dehumanized that other person because I've elevated myself to be God. To sit on the throne of my own heart. And it's usually at that point, sometimes in the first instance, or the second instance, or the third instance, that we get to the point of saying, I can't possibly be saved because I'm not living the way that I'm supposed to do. And that's where we fall into the second side and the reason why we struggle with this idea of the old life and not being there anymore. You see, it's at that moment that when we should be Praising God for revealing the depths of how much we want to be God. That we begin to listen to the deceiver. That we begin to hear the accuser saying to us, see, I told you. I, 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 I'm right here with you reminding you just how bad you are. And we begin to believe it. But what Paul is saying here is this. You once were these things, and now you are not. You were once who lived in this way, but you now are not living in this way. And so all of those desires that we have, we first must put them at the throne of God and say, where am I trying to, to bring my own holiness and righteousness to bear? Where am I trying to, to be the one who makes myself right, Jesus? Because it's at that moment that we forsake the righteousness of Christ. That makes us one of those who was, but now aren't. So we move into that place 
Paul says here, believing and understanding, we set our minds on the things that are above. We let the word of Christ dwell in us richly so that we can believe and not just believe, but walk strongly into those places where God has changed us and transformed us. Why? Because you once were, but now you are. It also empowers us to turn a deaf ear to the accuser, to the one who likes to remind us of who we once were, the one who says you can't possibly be better than what you think you are. And what we tend to do when the accuser does that is we either just wholesale believe him and go, yep, you're right. Or we go, no, no, you're wrong because I've done this, 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 and this. Let me give you what I think is a great way to respond when the accuser comes to you. When the accuser comes and says, see, I told you, you can't ever be right. You answer him with the truth. You're right. I can't be. But the one who was perfect has given me the perfect life. Through Jesus in all of our brokenness, in all of the depth of our flesh that seeks to control and conspire against the good things that God has for us. Jesus is the one who answers and says, I have died and I have risen and you are now in me. Giving us the power and the ability to no longer live as we once did but live as those who now are. And so, when you falter along this rocky path, as stuck in the middle would say, know that it is not you that moves yourself out of that place of being stuck. It is Jesus and holding on to the promises of him. But it is also the body of Christ walking together with you saying, we won't leave you in that place. You can't be stuck. You know why you can't be stuck? Because you once were stuck, and now you're not. And so we walk together in that way. We dig deep in the word of God. We sing songs together. We pursue with thankfulness the heart of God. We gather in small groups and in large groups and individually with those who know us best and we say, the accuser is yelling at me, or I just don't feel like I'm getting far enough along. And it's at that moment that we say, Jesus has you right where he wants you. And he is moving and transforming you. Yes, you're right. That's a besetting sin. That's a, a thing that you keep going back to. That's a pattern that you keep walking into. And it's in that moment that we should ask one another, what are you getting from doing that thing that you should be getting from Jesus? What, what are you receiving in that thing that you should be receiving from the Father? So that we can be truly those who once were, but no longer are. And again, if you are here and you're trying to decide how good or bad this new life could be, can I encourage you to look to Jesus, the author 
and perfecter of this life. The one who moves us and says, I have risen you. I have raised you up and you are now mine. Let me pray for us. Father God, it is in you that we trust and rest and know that we have our being. It is in you that we believe in the power of the resurrection and know that we are now not those who are earthly, but those who are found in you, the risen Savior. Guide us to be those who trust and believe, who turn to each other and to your words to remind us that you have created us to be new creatures, filled with your good things. If there's something that's not from you today, we ask that it blow away and not take root in our hearts. But if there is something that is from you, let it take root in our hearts so that it will bear good fruit and bring you glory. It's in your son, Jesus' name we pray.